The Start On Demand. On demand. Today is officially the first day of winter, and wow, is it winter. We got a lot of snow Sunday into Monday, and we are expecting even more snow on Tuesday. So much snow, in fact, that global weather specialist Kayla Evans couldn't come into work today. She got snowed in. We head to London, England to ask about the new variant of the virus there, the latest lockdown, and what's a V-Health passport? Our weekly visit with Bob Irving. He's coming back for Blue Bomber play-by-play in 2021. We speak to Scott Young from the Manitoba Museum about Jupiter and Saturn set to align tonight for the Christmas star, the last one 800 years ago. And what's the crappiest gift you ever got your mom for Christmas? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is back tomorrow. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, December 21st podcast, for the start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back tomorrow. And uh, do you got your uh, your shovel handy there, Greg? Uh, I do not, but I have two strapping young lads at home <laughs> who do not have to go to school today, so that driveway better be absolutely pristine by the time I get home at 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. You, mm-hmm. you have the kids and then you put them to work. That's right. It's about time this whole kid thing's starting to pay off for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very unequal relationship so far. I'm finally going to get some dividends paid here well, over the next couple of days as we're going to get even uh, more snow tomorrow as well. Yeah, Environment Canada is saying that... Uh, 15 to 25 centimeters of snow with blowing snow for Tuesday and Tuesday night with this uh, strong low-pressure system that's going to track along the international border. Tomorrow, going to bring more snow, blowing snow to southern Manitoba. Should start in the southwest Tuesday morning, then quickly spread eastward through the day and continue into the night. In addition, northerly wind gusting 60 to 70 K will develop through the day. So that's going to make for visibility problems and blowing snow. So this is like the warm-up. Today is the first day of winter. Yes. So it's welcoming winter. We're welcoming winter with a bang. Yes, it's welcoming us. We're have renewing our relationship with winter. So for all of you who are concerned about a brown Christmas, so much for that. Yeah. That's completely out the window now, obviously. And this is like an appetizer because it's actually quite nice out. The temperature's not too bad. There's not a ton of wind. Yeah. But tomorrow it's going to be a completely different story. So I guess McNabb uh, is just as well. She's not coming into the studio. I suspect she'd be stuck at home tomorrow anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, she will be back, but she's been working at home since March. And uh, yeah, we, she probably wouldn't be able to get in anyway because she's coming from outside the city. Like, for example, in our next segment, we're going to speak to global weather specialist Kayla Evans, who also lives outside the city. And uh, she couldn't make it in. So we're going to talk to her. But Brittany Greenslade is filling in for her on Global News Morning. And by the 
the way, Mr. Fortier, could you put that on our television, please, so we can have a look at what's going on there. Um, so we'll talk lots about the weather today. We've got Manitoba Highways joining us at 635. We've got a request into the city. The plows are out downtown in full force this morning. What was uh, the, the situation as you drove in, Greg? Well, actually, our good friend Eve, who texts us on a regular basis, uh, was applying uh, his trade out in my part of the city, out on Chief Pegwis Trail. Eve, I hate to tell you, I don't know what time you were down, Chief Pegwis Trail, but when I hit it at about 3.45 this morning, you would never have known anybody was there. I wasn't exactly breaking trail like I was on my bay, but I certainly was uh, wondering when the snow plows hit. And if I go back in Eve's text message history, it was around 1 o'clock. So three and a half or thereabouts three hours later, uh, it was really difficult to tell whether or not anybody had been down Chief Pegwis Trail. And I followed or found one snowplow on Henderson Highway, but it was pretty quiet on the plow front inside the city. But we know that they are out there. We know that you're working hard and uh, we applaud you and we appreciate the work that you're doing. It's tough to keep up. Yeah, I passed a bunch of plows on the way in in, in my cab, and like my poor poor cab driver, he picks me up, and and uh, he drove over like a curb in my parking lot no, because no. he couldn't even see it no, because no. there's so much snow in the parking lot. So I guess just watch out for that. This is the first real snow dump that we've seen of the year. So much to discuss on that this morning. And of course, let us know what you're seeing. 204-780-6868. Shoot us a text when it is safe for you to do so. Also, uh, Greg, we're going to discuss some exciting stuff as it pertains to the North American Ice Hockey League. Ice hockey is back starting January 13th. At least that's the proposal. That's the plan and agreement between the National Hockey League and the NHLPA announced yesterday afternoon a fix. 56-game schedule. The Winnipeg Jets, and to our understanding, uh, every team in Canada except for the Vancouver Canucks has received permission from their provincial health authorities to play and practice and to uh, gather in their respective cities uh, for the upcoming season, as we'll see an all-Canadian division called the North Division. Uh, The Jets, along with the Flames, Oilers, Maple Leafs, Senators, Canadians, and Canucks will play each other either nine or ten times in that 56-game schedule. All right, so we'll get an update on that just after 8 o'clock. We'll speak to uh, freelance hockey writer John Shannon. And, of course, we've got our uh, weekly visit with Bob Irving today. That's right, and uh, it was revealed uh, in an article on uh, online, bluebombers.com with Ed Tate, that uh, Bob Irving will return for the 2021 season to call games right here on 680 CJOB. Oh, that's great, because when I went golfing with him uh, this summer, late in the summer, I said, so, you coming back? <laughs> and he says... Uh, yeah, I'm Brad. I'm I'm not going to answer that question, okay? <laughs> so the, he 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 did say, look, it, this has been nice. I've been enjoying my summer, right? Uh, but he said it would be. I, he said I think it would be different if football was happening, and I wasn't participating. Then I would really miss it. But because it's not happening. I'm quite all right with summer. I was worried that this was going to be the opportunity for him to wean himself off. The CFL, you know, everybody's off. So now he's had a summer off, didn't have to put up with tuning in and hearing somebody else do his job. It would have been just a nice transition, but he's going to go. He's coming back. That's the plan. Right on. We'll visit with Bob in a couple hours or so. 
as well. You heard Jeff Braun talking about this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, the alignment. Yeah, so it hasn't happened the way that it's happening in 800 years. So we're going to speak to Scott Young of the Manitoba Museum Planetarium and Science Gallery and find out why they they call it the Christmas star. Uh, So this is pretty cool. Hopefully we'll be able to see it. Yeah, I don't think we will. (laughs) I don't think we'll be able to see it based on the weather forecast. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back tomorrow, and indeed, the weather is going to be the big story in this these parts today. Global News Winnipeg weather specialist Kayla Evans joins us now. Kayla, good morning to you. Good morning, fellas. How's it going? We're doing okay. I guess you couldn't. Uh, you're stuck. You're stuck <laughs> outside of the city. Oh, how bad is that, eh? That your weather specialist gets snowed in at home on the very first day of winter, eh? Well, you might have to invest in a helicopter or some other alternate form of transportation, maybe a tank. I don't know. but Oh, uh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I was thinking dog sled. I'd be up for dog sled. <laughs> well, this seems like poor planning on your part, but that aside, <laughs> what can we expect for the rest of the day? And it looks like this is just essentially an appetizer, Kayla, as it pertains to winter-like weather. You know what, that's the perfect way to describe it. And I learned my lesson, so I think I'll be staying in uh, the city today when I can get into the city, because we are expecting what we're seeing right now, this little bit of a storm to clear. And it's actually going to be a fairly decent afternoon. However, uh, we got something much worse coming for us tomorrow, it seems. So you guys just mentioned those winter storm watches in effect. Uh, in our area here, our friends at Environment Canada, they're calling for 15 to 25 centimeters of snow, wind gusts near uh, 60 or 70 clicks. But if we further break that down, uh, the western part of our province seems like they're going to be hit the hardest really anywhere from 20 to even 30 centimeters of snow some of the models are showing that will begin uh, tomorrow afternoon take us through the evening and into early Wednesday and then for us here in Winnipeg uh, my top three favorite models I like using they're showing for us here in the city around 10 to almost 15 centimeters of snow as we move through tomorrow into Wednesday. Do we know how much snow has already fallen in southern Manitoba? Right now, I'm still waiting on our friends at Environment Canada to give me a shout back. Um, We're looking right now. I just ran out with a ruler, and I live just northwest of the city. Um, In my deepest spot in the yard, which is pretty out in the open, we have almost eight centimeters. Okay. Well, hey, that's how industrious of you. Sometimes the the easiest we forget about the the simplest way to do things, right? (laughs) Like, uh, you you know what? I had to make use of myself, right? I'm just sitting here in the home office looking out the window, and I figured, you know what? Got to take the dog out anyway. Go dig around for the old ruler from high school and get out there. Good for you, Kayla. Well done. You get a gold star for effort. Oh, thanks, guys. All right, Global Weather Specialist Kayla Evans joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kayla, thanks for this. Thanks, guys. Take care. I might still have a ruler from grade school that has Charlie Brown and the gang on it. It was a Peanuts brand ruler, if, if my memory serves correct. Is it a plastic one, or yeah. is it one of those wooden ones with that that metal edge on it that you could rip out and that really became a deadly weapon, <laughs> that metal edge? It was if, like a blade. It was like a, a machete. It was a shiv. <laughs> if you're unhappy with your uh, table partner, don't mess with me, man. I've disassembled this ruler, and I'm packing... The Edge. (laughs) Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is back tomorrow.
Greg, you sent me something yesterday. Did you actually watch Saturday Night Live over the weekend? Oh, no, that's way too late for me. That's, <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, just catch it on the, uh, on the Twitter machine and catch all the highlights. That way I don't have to spend 90 minutes watching uh, what amounts to typically about 18 minutes worth of solid content. With all due respect to Saturday Night Live, it's, it can be good, but uh, that's usually about all I get out of it is about 20 minutes worth of laughs. Yeah, and that's, of course, on Global. Well, hey, they, uh, Kristen, uh, what's her last name? Wig. Thank you. Yes. There, there are several Kristens and Kirstens in Hollywood, and I always mix the, all, well, all our names. Not to mention on our text line, <laughs> we have Kristens and Kirstens and yep. all sorts of uh, <laughs> variants of that name texting into us all morning long. So you're forgiven. But she was the host, and uh, she was a part of this particular sketch on opening Christmas gifts. Mom, Dad, get up! I got a globe. I got a watch. And I got a robe. I got hawk hands. I got a tie. I got a copy of the catcher in the rye. I got a drum set. I got a phone. I got a pen. And I got a robe. I got an outdoor <laughs> pizza oven. And I got a cameo from Nick Lovin'. I got a hoverboard. I got a drone. I got a laptop. And I got a robe. Thanks for the robe. <laughs> it's really, really nice. I love this robe, guys. This is great. <laughs> so they're all opening up all these wonderful gifts, just a gift after gift after gift, and all mom got was a robe. Mm-hmm. A scenario that plays out in, shall we say, far too many homes across North America. Is that potential? I think it might be. So let's go around the horn here. The crappiest gift we ever gave our moms. We got Kelly Moore here, Jeff Fortier, Jeff Braun. Fortier, why don't we start with you? I honestly can't remember all the gifts I've got my mom. There's probably a crappy one in there, but I just can't think of it. Really? Yeah, well... So you're just, you're just that good at buying gifts, are you? You're, well, I, I think anything I buy my mom, she appreciates, or I think she'd appreciate it. Mm, maybe, she's tricking you, man. Well, <laughs> maybe I made her something crappy when I was young, but I, I thought, like, anything I made as a kid, like, you know, a mother would love. I don't know. That's Well, that's what I did. I think when I was, like, seven years old... I guess it was a school project. I don't know. But I made my mom uh, like a little jewelry box out of popsicle sticks. And it was garbage. <laughs> and uh, and I'm pretty sure when she opened it, I think she tried to do the, oh, thanks, sweetie. But the look on her face was like, what is this crap? <laughs> this belongs in the fire. But she turns out she, I'm pretty sure she hung on to it. Yeah, it might still be somewhere in uh, in my parents' house. So, yeah. It wasn't prominently displayed, like perhaps that clay ashtray you made once upon a time. <laughs> I've done those too. I made the clay <laughs> ashtrays. <laughs> Jeff Braun, what about you, man? Yeah, no, I was going to say a pottery ashtray, even though she doesn't smoke. But <laughs> <laughs> And she did not hang on to that. I don't think I ever saw that thing again. I can't imagine anything good happened to it. The best one, though, was my dad gave her a gift. My dad's really good at gifts. And one year he gave her a bread maker which is a nice practical gift, but mom doesn't like practical gifts. She likes fun gifts. So she gives her the bread maker, and she has a kind of a less than uh, enthusiastic response to it, but she's, you know, trying to be kind of gracious. And then my dad just lets her sit in it for like an hour, and uh, the rest of Christmas is going on, and then finally mom just goes, oh, my God, Ike, is that all you got me was a bread maker? She was very upset. <laughs> and, and all dad said is, why don't you make us some bread? 
And she opened the top of it, and he had a, like a hidden a diamond ring inside the bread maker, but didn't tell her for a whole hour. Well done, <laughs> Mr. Braun. That's genius. That's great. Uh, that's a good prank. Well done. And was she pleased with the ring? Oh, she was very pleased with the ring. Kelly Moore, what about you? Well, you know, it's a gift I bought my mom that she liked, uh, but uh, when she tried to pot it off, my wife said, over my dead body, uh, it was this huge wall plaque, and it had it, it, it was kind of like the key to the house type of thing. But it, it was on a dark piece of, of wood, not square, but kind of, you know, jagged type of thing. And then a great big gold key in the middle of it. And my mom, mom hung that over the fireplace. and Like, I, I bought that for her. Uh, back in probably the late 70s, early 80s. And up until just a couple of years ago, she still had that. She kept on saying, you know, I love this so much. You know, do do you guys want to take it home with you? My wife gives me an elbow to the ribs. No. (laughs) So So I'm not sure where said uh, present wound up, but uh, I know it never did at our house. All right. And GMAC? Well, I really uh, top all you guys because I bought my parents, my mom and my dad, the worst gift ever. Their wedding anniversary used to be December 13th. And boy, did I knock it out of the park one year when I bought them a combination hairbrush and comb. A comb for my dad and a brush for my mom, and it folded all together, a nice little package. And then when they were out together, they could share that wonderful gift and uh, the ability to keep their hair nice and tidy and looking really fine. How old were you? <laughs> What's that old grade four? Oh, okay. Grade well, five? <laughs> I thought you were going to say maybe like, you know, when you were 20 or something like that. I can remember picking it out at Kmart in Brandon on my way home from school one day. I think it was $1.99 at Kmart. That was the home run gift of all time in our house. Jeff Braun, it sounded like you were going to weigh in there. No, I was going to ask the exact same questions that Fortu was asking about how old he was when it happened. This <laughs> <laughs> is terrible. I thought it was so good, though, at the time. Oh, this is great. Look at this. You can share it. So it's he, marvelous. Here's, Folds inside each other. It's compact. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. We need you to text us the crappiest mom gift ever for Christmas, the worst thing you bought your mom for Christmas, and that will be your chance to win yourself a car pass for Canadians Winter Wonderland. We'll give that away at 9.15, so text us at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win. Or you can email mackling at cjob.com or brett at cjob.com. I know that uh, I think they used to have like those little jewelry stands at Kildonan Place, and you, you could stop and buy really cheap jewelry. And I seem to recall buying at least one or two pairs of what were simply called fashion earrings. What does that mean? They weren't meant to be put in an ear? I don't just know. Hung? That was the, the brand. It was just this generic, crappy jewelry. But Okay, know, I, what, I bought I my mom something like that. But, you know, that was back when I was like 10, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it really, it, at that point, it's just the thought. <laughs> that counts. Very much so. <laughs> is the first official day of winter. The snow is piling up and we are suddenly looking like a winter wonderland here in Manitoba. Well, the good news, Brett, is the number of daylight hours begins to increase 
Starting tomorrow, as today we will experience the least amount of daylight we will experience in a year. Just eight hours, four minutes, and 54 seconds of daylight in Winnipeg. And I was comparing this to Helsinki, Finland, where I was a couple of years ago, Brett. In Helsinki this morning, the sun came up at 9.24 their time. It will come up at 8.24 in Winnipeg. The sun will set in Winnipeg today at 429. It will set in Helsinki at 312 in the afternoon. So almost two full hours less of daylight in Helsinki than we're getting in Winnipeg. Wow, that is interesting. Senior climatologist with Environment Canada, David Phillips, joining us now. David, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Well, thank you, guys, and nice to be with you. And uh, hey, uh, to hey, uh, listen, you know, the days are getting longer but by a second a day. <laughs> so, but, you know, I mean, you have to be real optimist. And, but, you know, by the first week in January, we'll see a, a minute a day. And then by the uh, early February, three minutes a day. So we'll just gallop along. But, but right now, uh, hey, uh, the days are actually getting longer from this moment on. Speaking of more, yeah, are we going to get more snow over the next several days? It's in our forecast. Uh, what yeah. can you tell us, David? Guys, I mean, we've already seen last uh, last night was uh, sort of the the dress rehearsal. Uh, it was the first kind of Alberta Clipper came through. Fifteen hours dropped about ten to fifteen centimeters of snow. So, hey, snowplow operators found out their roots. They have a good a good uh, shakedown as to what uh, uh, how how they can deal with the snow. I think it's the most significant snowfall of the season so far. And but this is just the opening act. It's almost like the the weather trailer for for what's to come. What would developing out there is a Pacific system, lots of, we call it an atmospheric river, lots of moisture, a feeding a system that'll develop on the other side of the Rockies, but bringing lots of snow, tons of snow to parts of British Columbia, Alberta, and it's going to move very quickly. Alberta clippers or clippers really move quickly, and uh, they're going to uh, bring uh, snow, of course, today and tonight into Alberta, Saskatchewan, and uh, and tomorrow um, looks like um, uh, it's going to certainly begin in Manitoba. And then as it gets through, it's, it's traveling along the Trans-Canada Highway, like in about the speed of a transport truck. So it's moving pretty quickly. But as it gets into Manitoba, it, it's going to slow down a little bit and then maybe intensify a bit. So we could see, you know, uh, 15, 20 centimeters of snow in the Red River Valley. And uh, that would be late, um, you know, tomorrow, uh, midday, and then through the night. And, and the winds are going to pick up, guys. I mean, that's always in this kind of thing, blowing and drifting snow, poor visibility, and then... And, uh, um, and then, of course, what always happens is the winds always stay with you, and then the cold temperatures arrive. As the system moves through on into uh, eastern Manitoba and to, uh, into Ontario, um, the cold prairies, uh, northern prairie temperatures, the Arctic temperatures come down. And So Wednesday will be kind of a clearing kind of day, cold, falling temperatures, some sunshine, still some blowing and drifting snow. And then it sets up the scene for uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas uh, Boxing Day. Uh, you know, cool, but not not un- unbearably cold. But glistening white, the sunshine will be out, and hey, this storm system will be kind of history. It's a matter of enjoying the white cover. It's all freshens up all that dirty snow that you might have, and um, and uh, and it makes for for a really good festive kind of uh, of weather. But clearly, the the traveling will be difficult for tomorrow and uh, and through a little bit of Wednesday. But then after that, it it uh, it, it helps. It it uh, it sort of quiets down a bit. And what are we expecting temperature wise for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? We're not looking at deep freeze, are we? Well, you know. We- 
it again. I mean, temperatures are going to be, for example, uh, Christmas or uh, Christmas Eve um, uh, day. Uh, temperatures about minus the high about minus nineteen. Uh, the night before minus. Those are the coldest temperatures of the season so far. But it's short lived. It's like a one or two day. And we see Friday, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Temperatures are fairly close to what you'd expect seasonably at this time of the year. Normally in Winnipeg at this time, you get a high of about minus eleven, a low of about minus twenty-two. And so what we're going to see Friday and Saturday are kind of like minus 13 for high. So a couple of degrees um, a little cooler than normal. That That's not something that is unbearable. It's been a lot colder in the past. And then we see kind of a moderation as we move towards the new year and uh, and into January. We don't see these, uh, you know, brutal temperatures that uh, you're going to see maybe Wednesday into uh, early Thursday. Well, I suspect we will not speak with you before 2021, David. So thank you, as always, for your contributions on the program, and we look forward to speaking with you next year. All the best of the season to you, sir. Oh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate that, and all to your great listeners at CJOB. Bye-bye now. Senior climatologist David Phillips from Environment Canada joining us live on The Start. And, yeah, the, the temperature's not great for Christmas, but not awful. Palatable. And, yeah. Yeah. And he's right. It, it, it'll be with the sunshine glistening on the snow. This is the part of the year where I'm okay with there being snow on the ground, right? Like yeah, this is the way it's ought to, this is the way it ought to be. Yeah. And most of the time when people are traveling here, this is why they come home for Christmas. They want to see this and they want to be reminded of why they moved away in the first place. Yeah, like I remember when I my family took us to Disney World to Florida for one Christmas. It was the weirdest thing Christmas day rolling around and not a not a snowflake on the ground. It just didn't feel at all like Christmas. You'd get used to it. It After was nice. two or three years, you could get used to it. <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> not, not complaining, but it was just, it, it, it felt like something was, was missing for sure. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back tomorrow. We are asking you the question for your chance to win a car pass for Canadian's Winter Wonderland as we now have ourselves a Winter Wonderland thanks to all of that snow. You want to win that pass? You got to tell us the crappiest gift you ever got your mom for Christmas. Shoot us a text at 204-780-6868 like Rob in St. James who says, years back I gave my mom a Roomba-type auto vacuum. Uh Uh-oh. Mom just wasn't into uh, household theme type of gift. It was back to the Costco return line. Anyways, all the best to the fine people at CJOB this holiday season. Stay safe. Thanks to you, or same to you, Rob, and thank you very much for that. Back to the Costco we go to take it back. You might have put uh, your house address on that gift, and then maybe it would have been different, and then buy your mom something separate if you you thought that was a good idea for the home. Selena says this, I gave my mom a crappy gift for Mother's Day one year. I forgot it was Mother's Day (laughs) the next day, and I'm pretty sure my mom knew I forgot. She loves giraffes. So I printed off basically a coloring book picture of a giraffe and stayed up until about three in the morning coloring it. And then I stole a picture frame somewhere else in the house that already had a photo in it. And I put the picture of the giraffe in it. And that was her gift. She was not impressed. And I bought her a real gift the next day. Thank you, Selena, for sharing that story. And uh, if you're a mom and you got a lousy gift, should we be soliciting responses 
uh, on that front as well? Would Absolutely. we like to open it up to moms who got lousy gifts like a robe and nothing else? Absolutely, yeah. If you're a mom with some experience on that, shoot us a text at 204-780-6868. And the video goes on to point out how mom is in the kitchen. The video, we're talking about the Saturday Night Live <laughs> video. She goes on to the kitchen and she's making breakfast while everyone else continues to open their gifts, including uh, there's like a dozen presents under the tree which she thought were for her but turns out they were for the dog for the dog yes and uh, so she goes into the kitchen she's making breakfast she burns herself in this on the stove and i think back to to my mom and how she would just slave over dinner all day long i mean she i think she enjoyed it but she there were we would have to tell her during dinner like sit down you've worked so hard now just sit down and enjoy your food. If I want to get up to go to the kitchen to get something else, I can do it. Like, don't feel like you have to do everything. But I think she just wanted it. She wanted Christmas to be special for us, but we wanted her to just relax, enjoy your meal, and we'll we'll do the cleanup. I can remember Christmas brunches with our entire family, 20, 21, 22 people in our house on Golding Street. We would basically move the furniture out of the living room and it'd be two long tables spanning the dining room and the living room. And then we'd clean up and then we'd have another group for supper. I don't know how my mom did it, but she did. She loved doing it. And keep texting us at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a car pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland. We're asking you to tell us about a crappy gift you got your mom for Christmas. Or, if you are a mom, tell us the crappiest gift that you got for Christmas. And we'll pick a winner at 9.15. We have been talking about the idea of an immunity passport in the last couple of weeks. So when one of our colleagues tipped us off about something called the V-Health Passport, we had to investigate, especially since it was described by our next guest like this. This piece of software makes the QR code look like a Ford Pinto. Brian Melzak is our guest speaking on behalf of Orion 9X Technologies. He joins us now from London, England, and he has ties to Winnipeg. We'll ask him about that in a moment. Good morning, Brian. Good morning to both of you. Hope you're well. And it sounds like it's going to be pretty cold. We we couldn't even cope with plus four degrees. So how you're talking with the temperatures you're talking about is beyond me. Oh, never mind the snow, but uh, maybe one day you'll come and experience for it for yourself, Brian. Before we get into your uh, Winnipeg connection and 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 yep. anything else uh, and this uh, and this V passport, what a, we have to ask you about what's going on in England and the situation with the shutdowns and the restrictions associated with uh, what we assume to be this mutating uh, virus? We're going through a bit of a topsy-turvy time here in the UK, and um, as you know, there was that mutation of the virus uh, that they discovered back in around about September, October, so it's only really come about in the last week when uh, Matt Hancock, our health secretary, talked about it for the first time last Monday, but it's quite virulent. It's spreading very quickly, especially in London and the southeast, and uh, the country is virtually coming to a standstill. We're now in a Tier 4, and a Tier 4 came out of the blue because we had three tiers, Tier 1, 2, and 3, and total lockdown. But all of a sudden, the southeast and London are suffering tremendously with this spread of the virus that they created a Tier 4, which is a virtual lockdown. So there are certain areas in the country that are still Tier 1, just a small part, Tier 2, and Tier 3. But the main bulk 
in the London South East are at Tier 4, which virtually means you cannot do a thing. The country is actually, well, the South East is virtually shut down, and at the moment we are an isolated island. We can't even fly over to, the, to Canada. Europe has shut us down. We've got a few little problems with regards to food and uh, imports and exports into Europe. France has actually shut down any entry into uh, their country for at least the next 48 hours. So there are now, we talk in miles, so you're going to have to do a quick conversion into kilometres. There are some 15 to 20 miles of tailbacks coming to the main ports of Dover to get out of the UK into France with trucks just waiting with uncertainty. There are trucks waiting to come back into the UK. And of course, there's this beginning to be a little element of fear in regards to food supplies. And most of all, the vaccine, which is just about being released, as you know, in the UK and in Canada at the moment. And there are concerns as to whether or not supplies of that vaccine will still be able to be coming into the UK if, in fact, we are shut off virtually from the rest of the world. So you say that you basically can't do anything. Are you allowed to go out and get yourself groceries? You can go out and get yourself groceries. Ideally, they're asking for the groceries actually to be delivered. In other words, you do it online and get it delivered. They are allowing you go and get essentials, and the groceries are your essentials. But if you go into the supermarkets, there are long lines outside. You're standing there, and they're letting only a few in at a time. So, you know, to go out, especially coming up to Christmas, where people would be going out and getting their Christmas food, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult. And of course, we were given this, I'm going to call it an opportunity, it actually isn't an opportunity, it was actually the wrong decision, but the government said they're going to relax all the rules with regards to social distancing and allowing people into each other's homes. And uh, about a week or two ago, they said Christmas in the UK, 23rd to the 27th, Three households could meet in one household in a Christmas bubble. And, of course, everybody was a little concerned because we felt that uh, it's going to help spread the virus. And, obviously, with this new mutation, uh, the government have changed their rulings. So in London and the southeast, there is no Christmas. You, cannot mix, you can mix with one other person from another household outside with a distance of two metres. So that's really how strict it is at the moment. Brian, we reached out to discuss the V-Health passport. If you could uh, outline that for us, we'd be grateful. Okay, right. So the, the V-Health passport is virtually an answer to help get the, get the world moving again. And um, the, the initial part, it was a, the, the V-Code was a piece of software and uh, its uh, inventor suddenly realised in March there was the opportunity to create something else that would enable people to start moving around and so for example if you were i'm going to use this i'm going to make it quite simple in fact so for example you wanted to go to a venue you want to go to a cinema you want to go to the movies you want to go to an airport you want to go in a covid free zone so what you actually do is you go along to a local test center which is affiliated with orion 9x the v passport uh, you have a test with them and then they will upload your result to their passport. Uh, this passport will be a downloadable app on your mobile phone. Um, if you don't have a mobile phone, you can actually have it. If you have the test, they will, they will print it off and you can have it on a lanyard or a certificate. So you don't necessarily have to have a smartphone. Some people do, some people don't. So you're able then to go to participating venues and then we're in the process of discussing with 
several venues and the airlines in the uh, in Canada. We're just talking in the U.S. We're in the U.K. and gradually just globalizing so that you have your test. You have, let's say, your COVID-19 test to determine whether or not you've actually got the, the virus. If you are given the OK, you will be presented with a green tick being a negative result because you don't want a positive one. If you get a positive result, uh, you have a green, you have a red tick. You'll then go to a participating uh, venue. As you enter that participating venue, they will have a scannable receiver that will enable you to hold your pass on the app, almost like a boarding pass to a degree, but far more sensitive. Hold it up and a green tick will come up and say, yeah, you are okay. You are test free. You are COVID free at this moment. You're able to come into our venue. And as with other people coming into that venue, it will enable as COVID-free environment as possible, because obviously nothing is guaranteed at the moment because there is no cure. If, in fact, you have the vaccine, and that will be dated, by the way, so you would be 24 to 48 hours, the uh, password would be actually valid. And then obviously, if you want to go to other venues again, you'd have to go have another test and then get another green tick and enable you to go to these venues. However, if you have the vaccination, and of course there's always the uncertainties of how long the vaccination is actually going to last for, but if you have the vaccination and the second shot, because the first shot obviously you won't be immune, um, you have the second shot, you get then get the green tick, you have a date of six months where you're able to almost move freely to participating uh, venues, um, you literally just can have freedom of the world. I hope I've explained it as simply as possible. I think you have, Brian. Our guest is Brian Melzack. He's speaking on behalf of Orion 9X Technologies about something called a V-Health Passport. And we, as mentioned, we've been talking in recent weeks about the this idea of immunity passports. So is that the idea here with this V-Health Passport? Well, first of all, before I talked about the V, the, the actual immunity passport of it, there, there's something really in, which is good. Now, we all know the QR code, which is commercially available to all and sundry. Uh, and it's quite a, 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 a sensitive piece of uh, software that you have to actually line it up. You have to be pretty close to get this to work. The, the V passport, you can actually scan from at least a minimum of two meters away. So you can go up to two meters away, literally hold your mobile phone up to the receivable scanner or receivable mobile phone and from at least two meters away and it only requires a 30 percent coverage so you don't even have to line it up into any circle or square it can be used as an immunity uh, passport as well um, it's very versatile for example um, if you go to an airport you have your test to travel on an airline you go have your test if you're working in association with an airline, let's say Air Canada, um, you have your passport. You are then free to travel uh, subject to all um, data being uh, confirmed. Your information would then be sent through to uh, Air Canada, who would know that you're traveling on that particular day. They would automatically be able to download your boarding pass onto the V code that would also incorporate your passport as well. So. It's almost a one-stop app. We have to ask you very quickly before we go here, Brian, about 45 seconds to tell us about your connection to Winnipeg. I've got family living over there. I'm going to give a quick name check because I know he's listening. Ivan Master is listening, and we've got several relations living in, uh, in Winnipeg, and we've been meaning to come over for so many years. This was the year we were going to do. Thank you, COVID, for not allowing it to happen. 
Well, Brian, thank you so much for reaching out to us and telling us about this. And thank you for uh, the insight that you've provided into your evolving uh, situation with your uh, Tier 4 restrictions. We appreciate the time and uh, hopefully you still find a way to have yourself a Merry Christmas, sir. And to you too and to everybody, have a happy Christmas. Some of these gifts at 204-780-6868 would make you want to rage against the machine for sure. We're asking you to send us a text on a crappy gift that you bought your mom for Christmas or maybe a crappy gift that you received as a mom for Christmas for your chance to win a Canadian's Winter Wonderland car pass. So Len says every gift that we bought for my mother she did not like and always asked if she could have the receipt. <laughs> My wife tried to think of nice things. I tried to think of nice things. And no matter how much money we spent, she did not like it. So one year, we got her the ugliest Hawaiian, what is this, uh, Momo? Moo-moo. Moo-moo nightgown? Moo-moo nightgown. Sort was... of like what Homer wears in that episode when he's trying to gain oh. weight. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Just use the paper test. If it, if, if you can see through it, it uh, it's your window to success. Um, so he, he, Len says this was from a low-end clothing store, and we burnt the receipt. <laughs> we laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, guess what? That was the one present she just loved mm. and wore it every single day for the next 15 years. Oh, that's the text I was focused in on as well, Brett. You read my mind. Um, <clears throat> my late grandmother also uh, demanded receipts for every single gift we ever purchased her. So we started buying her gift cards. Why don't you only get me a gift card? Because we're tired of trying to figure out what you like there, man. <laughs> just go and buy just go and buy what you want. You're gonna do that anyway. So we just skipped one part of the process. My mom always used to and you know, you 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 say, Greg, that I like to, to buy thoughtful gifts, and I think this comes from my mom because we would ask her every year. Like my dad would give us a list and my sister would give me a list and I'd put up a list and my mom would never put up a list. Like, what do you want for Christmas, Mom? Oh, just, you know, buy me something you think I'll like. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a give me something. There's but- an insinuation there that she will like anything that you pick out for her. And that's not, we know that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So keep those texts coming. 204-780-6868 for your chance to win. It is Monday, just after 8.30, which means what, Greg Mackling? Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us now. And Bob, I can't imagine that your boys bought uh, your wife Day anything (laughs) crappy over the years. Well, you know, no, they they didn't. Not that I can think of. Oh, that's uh, good. And when it comes to myself, I ask for a list. I say, make me a list of things you would like, and then I'll pick something off that. And I'm not very creative when it comes to buying gifts. Rather than go out and buy something that I think is a great idea, and it turns out when she looks at it, it's not such a great idea. So I don't take any chances with gifts uh, for my spouse. I think that's a good strategy, Bob, yes, one that we I, should probably, more of us should employ. Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading uh, the Twitter verse as I was, as I'm apt to do on a regular basis. Saturday, come across an interview you did with Ed Tate, bluebombers.com, who was on with us with Breakfast with the Bombers, does some incredible writing there and just happened upon an article where he's 
chatting with you about your future plans. And lo and behold, you confirm your intention to be right here on 680 CJOB calling Blue Bomber Games in 2021. I didn't realize that there was any question about that, Mr. Well, Irving. <laughs> I guess there was in the minds of some. Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com asked me earlier in the week if he could do a story on the fact that I was going to return to do the games. And I had spoken with Brent Williamson and Kelly Moore earlier and said that I was coming back. But a lot of people were asking me, hey, you're going to still be doing the games in 2021, aren't you? So I think collectively we thought it was a good idea that I maybe do a tweet uh, saying that, hey, if there's any doubt out there, I will be back in 2021. And I certainly considered uh, whether or not it might be time to, to walk away. But because the 2020 season was wiped out and the Bombers won the Grey Cup in 2019, I was so looking forward to 2020 and them defending the Cup that uh, in consultation with my family, I decided for sure I'd come back and do 2021. I am certainly getting uh, near the end of the line, and when that uh, happens, I guess we'll see. But uh, just, to, just to sort of clear the air, I, I wanted everybody to know anybody that cares anyway, that, oh, uh, that I would be back doing the games in 2021. Well, because I asked you, Bob, when we were golfing, so, so, you coming back? And you yeah. said, and you said, Brett, I'm not going to answer that question, but you sort of implied that, that, uh, you know, while you were enjoying summer, I would, that's partly, I think, because there was no football. It would be, you would feel a lot different if there was football and you weren't involved. Well, sure, and I, and I remember that discussion on the golf course, Brad, and I did enjoy the the downtime. I've said this many times in the summer, uh, playing more golf and you know spending more sort of leisure time because when football season's on, it's not just the games I do. I'm at practice every day, and it's I'm not suggesting it's onerous, uh, but it it does you know eat up uh, most days of the week with that sort of responsibility. Uh, and again, it's a labor of love, but uh, the, the downtime and more time to play golf and go to the cottage was certainly very enjoyable but no i'm looking forward to 2021 again it's still i guess to some degree up in the air when the season starts i know the cfl has put out a schedule uh but it's not carved in stone and it will depend to some degree on the the spread of the vaccine and where COVID sits and all the rest of it and we'll know better about that in two or three months but uh, i'm ready to go again in 2021 and uh, i talked to doug brown the other day and uh, he's fired up too so away we go couldn't be happier to hear that news. Uh, Bob, we know you live uh, in the western part of the city, but there is a front-end loader stalled sitting in the curb lane. This is heading south as you get on the Disraeli Freeway, uh, so you'll want to keep an eye open for that if you're coming into the city on southbound Henderson over the Disraeli Freeway. That's a very Winnipeg thing, as is hockey in the winter. We're one step closer to the National Hockey League returning a 56-game schedule approved on the weekend, yesterday afternoon, in fact. And, uh, Bob, the Canadian teams, the future of the Canadian teams and where they'll be playing, a little bit up in the air, Manitoba, giving the Jets approval to move ahead. But the San Jose Sharks are going to have to relocate to Arizona, at least for the short term. Well, it's another tumultuous time for the NHL. And I guess the teams in the NHL have decided that they're going to lose money either way this year and they're better off playing than not playing at all. I know some of the owners felt that might be a you know, a better option. And now it's a matter of determining where they can play the games. And most of the American cities, I think, are going to be okay. You talk about San Jose as an exception. Uh, here in Canada, we, you know, we don't know how it's going to shake down. And we should know in a day or two when the provincial governments and health authorities make a final call on it. 
uh, you know, and the Jets, whether or not they can play their games here, they've been clearance to, given clearance to have training camp here. Uh, I don't know if they can play their games here at MT, Bell MTS Place or not. I for fans, you know, guys, I don't think it matters where they play. If fans aren't allowed in the building, if you're a Jets fan and you're not allowed to go to the building, it really doesn't matter where the games are played. You just want to see some games, right? So we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, if you're a hockey fan, it's good news that there is going to be a season, even if it's a shortened season, but still so much undecided. I heard John Shannon on with you a few minutes ago. There's still so many things that need to be determined in terms of uh, locales and all the rest of it. And in uh, back to football, with uh, Kansas City just squeaking past New Orleans, 32-29. Mahomes versus Breeze, do you think that's an odds-on Super Bowl matchup? I don't know about odds-on. It's certainly a possibility, and I watched that game with interest yesterday. Kansas City dominated the game in every area. They only won by three points, and Drew Breeze looked really rusty until late in the game when he kind of picked things up. He'd sat out for a week. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Chiefs, took a lot of hits in that game, and he's not a very big guy. And that would concern Kansas City a little bit, I think. Uh, They didn't protect him very well. But those are two of the top teams for sure, Brett. But there's a couple of other teams in the NFC where New Orleans plays at Green Bay. And, uh, boy, Tampa Bay looked good in the second half of their game with Atlanta yesterday. They looked like the team I think that uh, everybody thought Tom Brady would turn the Bucks into in the second half of that game. So uh, I wouldn't give New Orleans a pass into the the, the Super Bowl. I would maybe Kansas City. I think they're just too good. As long as Mahomes is healthy. I think they're too good to be beat. Yeah, he took one hit there where I thought, I know he took several, but there was one where I said to the boys, uh, my sons, we were watching the game together, I said, oh boy, Mahomes is hurt, and he was a little slow in getting up because that's unusual for him, but that New Orleans front uh, seven or however many you want to count them as is really a swarming defense, including uh, not always on the field, uh, Bob, when the, the Saints are on defense, but David Onyemata, the U of yep. M graduate, so he's making a, a a real impact there, as is the New Orleans defense. Bob, I guess we should let you run. Did you get out for your walk this morning? We should ask before yeah. we let you go. Yeah, I was out uh, just after seven o'clock and a slogging through the snow. It's a it, it's really a good workout to walk through you know six or eight inches of snow and very little bit of it has been cleared here in Charleswood. And I'm thinking, what is it Wednesday? We're going to have another foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll really be working Wednesday morning. Atta boy, Bob Irving. As always, we appreciate your time and. Uh... We're so happy to hear the news that you'll be back with us for 2021 for Blue Bomber football. We will uh, speak, if not before, uh, next Monday, if that doesn't... Oh, no, we're not on the air next Monday. You're off the hook. Well, I get an extended vacation. That's very nice of you guys. You're very welcome. Christ- very Christmassy of you. Well, Merry Christmas, uh, Bob, and I guess we'll wish you a happy new year as we won't visit again until 2021. All the best, friend. And you guys, too. Mackling and McGarry, hopefully it is indeed only partly cloudy and definitely on the light side because Skywatchers are in for a treat tonight because something is happening that has not happened, Greg, in 800 years. It's out on it would be sort of, I would say, a crime of the century or the crime of six centuries. Jupiter and Saturn are aligning to form what's being called the Christmas Star. Scott Young is manager of the Science Gallery and Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. He happens to be on the line. Good morning, Scott. 
Good morning. How's it going? It's going a-okay. Merry Christmas to you in advance as we make our way towards uh, Christmas Day. What's happening here? Well, yeah, we've been uh, watching Jupiter and Saturn in the evening sky for the last few months. Um, and basically, they're, one of them is passing the other one as they go around the sun. And so tonight, um, we're going to have the closest approach of the two of them. They're going to look like they're almost touching in the sky. And uh, it actually looks like the weather will clear up here in southern Manitoba for, uh, for just around the right time. So I'm pretty optimistic that we'll get a chance to see it. Why do they call it the Christmas star? Well, you know, it's kind of because it's happening just before Christmas and because if you call it the Christmas star, more people click on your story on uh, social media. <laughs> it's, uh, let's, let's be honest. Uh, it's, it's like a supermoon all over again. You know, there's, there's no such thing, but it, it gets uh, the message out. So the theory is that back 2,000 years ago, it might have been this kind of planetary event with planets coming together that was the source for the original Star of Bethlehem story. Because... Back 2,000 years ago, nobody outside of the Bible mentions, you know, a blazing beacon in the heavens or, or anything like that. The Chinese astronomers that are very meticulous, they didn't record it. Um, so it's kind of a mystery of what it could have been. Well, one possibility is that it was these planets coming together, which is, you know, interesting, but not the kind of thing that everybody would notice. But the, the wise men, while they were astrologers, they paid attention to this kind of stuff. And so that could explain why the wise men knew about this star, the Christmas star and nobody else did. That and because is, it's happening, yeah. It's, that's it's fascinating. Cool. Continue, continue. There's more here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and because this, this happens to be occurring just before Christmas, again, you know, there's that tie-in. Um, and it is a very kind of rare event, like you said. They haven't been this close together for, for hundreds of years. And so it's the kind of thing that, you know, is, is kind of... Um, really well-timed, I guess, to get, to get the message out. The, uh, the one that was, is possibly the Christmas star actually was a triple conjunction where Jupiter and Saturn passed each other three times over the course of about eight or nine months. We only have this one time, but it's still going to be cool to look at because the two stars right next to each other, I, I saw them actually two nights ago when they're getting closer, and even that was impressive. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it tonight. Okay, so uh, two two questions in one here. Does geography matter in terms of how you'll be able to see this? Will we be seeing it in, in Manitoba the same as they will, say, in Australia or South America? And we know you're not a weather specialist, but what what are you hearing in terms of what we may or may not be able to see tonight? Well, the weather, um, from all the stuff that I've been able to see, looks like it's going to clear up around 4 or 5 o'clock, which is perfect. The sun sets at 4.30 by about five o'clock is when you'll start to see it. So that's really um, perfect timing. So I'm hoping we'll be clear here. The uh, folks farther west will actually have a, a slightly better view because it looks like clearing from the north and west. The uh, planets are um, low in the southwest, though. So you need to go somewhere where you don't have a big house or a set of trees or whatever off in the southwestern sky. I actually have to drive to a, a little park near my place to see them because uh, there's too many trees in my neighbor's yard. And they would not let me cut them down, which was, I thought, unreasonable. Yeah, very rude. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it is, uh, I mean, geography-wise, everybody gets mostly the same kind of view other than, you know, having to move around because of clouds. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be really exciting. Basically, between about uh, 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock, I would say, tonight will be the, the prime viewing. But if we miss it tonight, there's tomorrow, there's the next night. It's still going to look pretty cool. Oh, so this, this conjunction is going to last for a couple of days then? 
Yeah, basically, the, as the planets pass, I mean, tonight, Jupiter and Saturn will be at their closest. But yesterday, they were pretty close. And tomorrow, they'll be pretty close as well. And then they'll slowly pull away. Um, we, I actually was able to see both of them in the telescope uh, two nights ago already. So that was already a, a good view. That's what we're going to be doing with the, uh, the live stream event tonight through the, the Manitoba Museum. We'll have a telescope on both of them. Um, and you can see them both at the same time, which is going to be really cool. I remember when we had the lunar eclipse. Was it 1979? And they had the mm. they had the telescope set up, and the only way you could watch it, watch the moon move towards the uh, the sun, was uh, almost like a reflection and the shadow on a piece of paper. If I remember correctly, they sort of did an inverted thing where we weren't really yeah. looking at the image of it. We were just looking at shadows on a white sheet of paper. Uh, this will show up a, a lot nicer on, on your live stream, I suspect. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not as bright as, a, as an eclipse, so you don't have to worry about any safety issues. You can look right at this. It's not going to get blazingly bright or anything like that. And, you know, all of the, all the Christmas card images of the Christmas star is not what you should expect necessarily. But um, through the telescope, you can see... The clouds of Jupiter, we'll see the four moons of Jupiter, maybe the great red spot as well. And then on Saturn, you see, of course, the beautiful rings, a few of its moons. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great chance to see these two planets up close um, at the same time. Oh, man, and you, you'll have that at manitobamuseum.ca? Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing a live stream through um, the event pages on the the museum's website manitobamuseum.ca we're also going live to facebook and we have a zoom for people that can't get into facebook so they can uh, they can sign up to that scott young you think of everything this is a this is a really big deal 800 years we should be doing everything we can to capture this and to see it with our own two eyes fair to say yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I say, it's tonight is the, the big night, but if it, if it does cloud over, we'll try again tomorrow. Actually, on, uh, on Thursday, we're doing, uh, if, you, if you're interested in the Christmas star side of things, we're doing a, a planetarium show online called Mystery of the Christmas Star that gets into this whole, you know, research of what could the star of Bethlehem been and things like that. And the, the museum has all sorts of these sort of holiday free programs going on. We're still closed. But it's nice to be able to reach out to people and do, you know, holiday stuff over the holidays. So uh, lots of things going on. Scott Young joining us live on 680 CJOB, manager of the Science Gallery and Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. Thank you very much, sir. No problem. Merry Christmas, you guys. To you, too. Thank you so much, Scott. And again, that website, manitobamuseum.ca. And as you pointed out, right there, front and center, holidays at home, virtual events are free during the holidays, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on uh, well into the first couple of weeks of January. So have a look if you're looking for something to do over the holidays. 9.13 on 680 CJOB, we want to give you a car pass for Canadian's Winter Wonderland based on your text messages on the crappy gifts that you have bought your mom or the crappy gifts you have received as mom. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back tomorrow. We have a car pass up for grabs for Canadians, Winter Wonderland, Red River X, and it's based on your text messages at 204-780-6868 on the crappy gifts that we've bought for our moms. Or maybe the crappy gifts you have received as a mom, based on this sketch that Saturday Night Live did over the weekend with Kristen Wiig, where the family, they're, they're doing this little song and dance routine where they're bragging about all the gifts they got, all the awesome stuff, and Kristen Wiig, all she got was a robe 
That's it. And we are getting some great stories here on the text line, Greg. Yeah, so this is just outside the parameters of the contest, but it does involve mom. Just tuned in to hear you're asking for the worst gift you got. Well, I had to give the worst gift. When I was seven, we were giving gifts at school. So my mother, who was a bargain hunter, made me give a gift of underwear to a (laughs) classmate. My mother had said it was a practical gift. But the worst part was we had to hold up our oh. gifts in front of the class. We were both so embarrassed. I'm still not over the <laughs> horror of it. That was 60 years ago. So thanks for that at 780-6868. It's funny the random things that we hold on to. Oh, yes. That if you just close your eyes, you can go back to that painful, mm-hmm. awful moment. Thank you for painting that picture for us. Wendy says... One year, my now ex-husband asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said I really wanted this fancy new bread maker. He said, don't you want a toaster oven? That way you can make me garlic cheese bread that I love. I said, no, I want a bread maker. Christmas morning, I opened a toaster oven. Uh, we had a little bit of a back and forth on that from Wednesday. Wendy. She's remarried and the, the guy buys much better gifts now. Uh, this one just came in. Uh, I got a pack of gum from my son for Christmas one year. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gum was it? Uh, I don't know. That's all it says. Pack of gum. So Let probably thrills, which might have made it even worse than the thought itself. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh, this one is funny, too. 40 years ago, this proud mom received a ladies size 12 high heel shoe covered in macaroni that was spray painted silver and had paper flowers inside. My son was so proud and it was displayed on my dresser for almost 10 years. I think the grade one teacher was getting even for all the brats she had to teach. (laughs) And earlier I read you that quick uh, text message about the angel atop Luba's tree. She thought we were asking for the craftiest gifts, (laughs) not the crappiest (laughs) gifts. So I apologize if there was any confusion about that one this morning. <laughs> this is our winner, though. This is from Len. If we, you missed it when we read it a little while ago. I think we read it just after 8.30. Len says, Every gift we bought for my mother, she did not like and always asked if she could have the receipt. My wife tried to think of nice things. I tried to think of nice things. And no matter how much money we spent, she did not like it. So one year, we got her the ugliest Hawaiian moo-moo nightgown. It was from just a low-end clothing store, and we burnt the receipt. We laughed, and we laughed, and we laughed. Well, guess what? That was the one present she just loved and wore it every single day for the next 15 years Uh until she passed. You can never figure out an old Ukrainian baba. <laughs> the good old double Len. cross. <laughs> Congratulations, Len. Great story from you. And thank you, everybody, for all of your awesome stories. We appreciate it. And we had some fun. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show. Tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.